0: The Bible says that we're surrounded by angels. We're surrounded by angels, that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us, that God keeps us in his everlasting arms, that Jesus is always in us, living in us through the power of the Holy Spirit to guide us, to keep us, to keep us every day. Not just when we're in trouble but every single day. And it says we acknowledge his presence. It says acknowledge every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. We acknowledge who he is in this place tonight that he manifests himself. And what is that that you need him to manifest himself as in your life? Peace, joy, hope. Whatever it is, that's who he'll be for you in this place. Tonight in Jesus' name. Everybody who believed that said, Amen. Hallelujah. Pick up your Bibles and let's make our confession. I believe God wants to show us something tonight. And, uh, you know, we, Elizabeth said it, you know, in the earth, you know, we we don't really know what love is, uh, earth style, because love, earth style, goes up and down. How many of you know that? And uh, God's love is agape, and we know what it means, but that doesn't mean we understand what that means. We, we know the word, we know what the definition is, but God wants us to understand tonight that truly we are not of this world. We're in it, but we're not of it. But that's only as we make it known to ourselves every day. <laughs> I'm in the world, but I am not of it. That does not apply to me. Amen. Let's say this together. The word of God is truth if I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Turn to somebody. And say it. it's so simple. Hallelujah! You can be seated. We're going to talk about tonight. Uh, real life comes from God, and uh, you know we all live life. In fact, we have a Monday night mentoring is called living life. Everybody say living life. But what we hopefully in that Monday night mentoring. Um, begin to impart. And what people receive is living life according to the kingdom of God, not according to this world. You know, the world has a lot to offer and, and thank God for all the things that God has brought forth in the earth and revealed, you know, things that medically, you know, that, that we have need of, that God's caused people to discover. So, you know, we're in this world and we get to partake of a lot of the blessings that God has afforded us that come through the world. But Everything that we have truly comes from God, not from people. And so real life, real help we talked about on Sunday, uh, real help comes from God. And and I really felt uh, as I prayed about the message on Sunday that God wanted me to emphasize mercy. Everybody say mercy. You know, um, I was reading uh, in my commentary in my Bible um, in Lamentations where that scripture says that his mercies are new every morning. And we all thank God for that because it says, "Through His mercies we're not consumed, because His compassions fail not." But He gives this uh, definition. Uh, this this commentary says, "Where grace emphasizes the freeness of God's love toward us, mercy stresses the freeing of our lives from the misery of our disobedience." <laughs> Everybody say, "I need that." <laughs> the misery of our disobedience. And it says God's mercy is his compassion toward us even when we deserve punishment, his commitment to restore us even though we deserve to endure the consequences of our sin. How many of you can say thank you, Jesus, for that? You know, we we don't always end up having to face what we could have faced. And his covenant of love expressed at the point of our greatest foolishness. I thank God for mercy. And tonight as we look at real life comes from God, you know, I think we, we've heard and we're gonna look at this scripture first, John ten ten. How many of you know John ten ten? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said this, but I have come that you may have life. may have what? Life and may have it more abundantly. Well, you know, if you think about life, I mean life is life, life is living, but there's a different life to be lived as a believer than what the world has to live. And that's what I want us to look at tonight. And as as Elizabeth uh, said that earlier about, you know, in the world, we, we say I love you. You know, I was speaking with an individual, and they were telling me that they love somebody. And, and you know, love means a lot of things in the world we live in. Life means a lot of things. You know, there's some people who are alive, and they're walking around doing life, but they are dead inside, to the life that would be afforded them if they knew jesus christ you know and and we that know christ know that with him you know we inherit a new way of doing things a new way of living so to speak it says in hebrews chapter 10 enter into a new and living way everybody say new and living way that's how we go into the holy of holies by a new and living way what does all of that mean I think we'll see as we look at this. This is what it says in Galatians 2:20. And I'm going to give you a few scriptures and then we're going to talk about it in Galatians 2:20. It says, "It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I live in the flesh, I now live that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me." So, there's something that should change in the way we live life once we receive Christ. And unless we keep that before us all the time, we will live life just like everybody else lives life on a daily basis because that's the life we see around us circumstances, situations. I was listening to Jerry Seville. How many of you know who Jerry Seville is? I was listening to him last Sunday night. He was at Victor Christian Center in Tulsa. And, um, I, I really uh, like Jerry Seville. I, I like the way he ministers, and, and, I, and I trust him. He's proven in the Word of God. But he was talking about Diane Sawyer on television, and uh, he said, you know, she gets on there and she tells me what my life is going to be like because of what's going on in the world. And he said, I get right up in my TV, and I tell her, Diane, that is not coming here to my house. And he said, I, I tell her how it's going to be, and then I turn her off. Because I don't want all that coming into my house. And I thought, well, Pastor Bill's normal. Because <laughs> Pastor Bill, he talks to our television all the time. And then he'll say to me, you, you, we, need to, we need to say something about that. I mean, we need to change that. Now, you can think, oh, you know, that's crazy. But it isn't. If you understand the life you live. And, and it's not an ordinary life. You know um, they 've got shows on television that are trying to tell us this is the ordinary life. this is the way life is this is this is uh, there 's one on Wednesday nights, and I can 't the modern family or something like that and uh, i 'm telling you that 's not the way we live life. We live life if we 're a believer according to the Word of God, and when we live according to the Word of God, then we have life and we have it more. Abundantly. And so when Jesus said, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life more abundantly, he's not talking about you living in the world and living a life that the world lives. He's talking about you living a life that distinguishes you from the world. And I'll show you this as we as we read on. In 2 Corinthians 5 17, it says you're a new creation. You know, a new creation. And that means you have something in you that makes you different than the way you used to be. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm not the same person. You've heard me say how Pastor Bill, when we first came here, you know, when we came here, you have to understand, uh, I'm not from here. Pastor Bill was raised here. He graduated high school here. There are people who know him, you know, and know about him. And uh, he went down to the Journal and Courier and ran into a, a man that he had gone to school with. And that gentleman said to him, are you the Bill Mickler that went to Jeff, you know, with me? And he said, no, that guy died. (laughs) Well, that set us off on a course of, wow, (laughs) he's not only changed, he's kooky. (laughs) 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 Something really happened to him. But, you know, we were different. You know, Pastor Bill was different. He, He wasn't the same person. That he used to be. I remember when I first met Pastor Bill, and he worked at Snelling and Snelling, and, and this lady that worked there, I had uh, prayed with her for things in her life, and she said, I'm praying for Bill. You know, his mouth is just awful. <laughs> Can you believe that about Pastor Bill? Well, when I met him, every now and then, a few of that things, those things would slip out, you know? And, and that was the life he was used to living, but then when you come to know Christ and the Holy Spirit begins to work in us, then our life changes. I mean, this life is a new life. It is a life to be lived that has authority, has dominion, has power over darkness. You know, the Bible says that Jesus gave us all power over the enemy. Did you know that? It says we can tread upon serp- serpents and scorpions and all that kind of stuff. But then it says, it makes it real plain, and all power over the enemy that is not some power that is all power, and so this life that we live, I mean it should be an exciting life, every day an opportunity to do what God tells us, if it's speak to the television, speak to the television. What you say has power, has anointing, has the ability to change things, even though you didn't touch Diane Sawyer i 'm telling you God is counting on us in the world we 're living in to live the life. That Jesus made for us to live and I was reading in John 16. I just happened to be in John right now in my Bible reading and this is what it says in the this is the, the message Bible it says um, Jesus answered them. This is the last of John 16. Do you finally believe in fact you're about to make a run for it saving your own skins and abandoning me. He's telling him you don't you think you believe in me but you're about to run away. You know you're going to you're going to leave me but I'm not abandoned. The father is with me. I've told you all this so that trusting so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured. Are you unshakable and assured tonight? Deeply at peace in this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties, but take heart. I have conquered the world and that is who we live as conquerors we live as people that have overcome the world and conquered the world my bible goes on in in chapter 17 and jesus said these things then raising his eyes in prayer he said so this is following right after he says he is the conqueror of the world father it's time display the bright splendor of your son so the son in turn may show your bright splendor you put him in charge of everything human did you know that That's what Jesus said. You put me in charge of everything human so he might give real and eternal life to all in his charge. Everybody say, I have real life. Now, you know, I know this is a different translation, but sometimes God says things differently to get your attention. And in this particular Bible, I have had my attention gotten (laughs) to things by the way it's said. I know I have eternal life, but real life. You know, there's a difference between life and real life. Life according to the soaps and real life according to Jesus. Hallelujah. Now I can recognize that. You know, uh, my nail tech, she watches soaps. And so while well, I get my nails done, the soaps are on. Well, I mean, you can miss a whole month and it's still, you know, it's just like the next day or something. And of course, somebody's always shooting somebody or dying or something. I mean, it's not real life at all. I don't even know why people would, I mean, it's even more absurd than what we're living. Hallelujah. So it's a little hard for me to understand, but this is, this, it goes on and says in in this whole part of John 17, for I'm no longer going to be visible in the world. They'll continue in the world. Now he's talking about his disciples. While I return to you, Holy father, guard them as they pursue this life that you conferred as a gift through me. So this life that we have now is a gift. This is a gift. This is a gift that God gave us. We didn't pay for it. Uh, When we get saved, it's a free gift. You know, it says in Ephesians that that salvation is a free gift. We didn't have to earn it. We didn't have to buy it. God made a way for us through Jesus to live this kind of life. And then it says on down in my Bible, and you won't be able to probably find this up there, but uh, it says, they are no more defined by the world than I am defined by the world. Remember a few, oh, probably a month ago, we shared a message called Divinely Defined. See, you are not defined by what you have in the natural. You are not defined by the world system. You are defined by the word of God, which says that you are more than a conqueror, which says that all your needs are met according to to God's riches in glory, in Christ Jesus. Not who you are but who God has made you to be. It's a gift of life that you have. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't always think like that. Oftentimes when I'm in a situation, I think about the natural before I think about the supernatural. And uh, when I was, when God was speaking to me this message, I, in that message that I heard uh, Jerry Seville preached, he said, you know, this last year in about October, he said, every year I seek God, For the season that we're in, what's God saying? What does God want to do? And he said, God said to me, 2011 will be a year of supernatural. And what he said about that was, it's a um, departing from the usual and the norm. How many of you would like to depart from the usual and the norm this year? (laughs) I would like to get about as far away from that as I could. Departing, that's how... He felt that supernatural word for him was defined, departing from the norm. How many of you know, in this world today, it's uh, beginning to be, according to the press, according to situations, the norm that uh, things are going really wrong. Well, that's the norm in the world. It is going wrong. But in the kingdom of God, God is still on the throne. He still owns all the cattle on a thousand hills. I mean, he is still determined that you are going to be everything he called you to be. He, that hasn't changed. But if we don't see that life, we won't live that life. We will not live it. In Victory um at in Tulsa, Pastor Billy Joe wrote this a long time ago and we it was really our membership class, and he gave us this little book with a with an outline, this new life. And this new life says, what we have in christ a new life now it doesn't mean that we won't still make mistakes it doesn't mean we're still not living in the world because jesus the whole chapter 17 of john is him explaining these disciples are going to have to stay in this world but they're not of the world so i'm asking you father that the same things you've given me you will give to them And if you study the Word of God, that's exactly what happened on Calvary. We became joint heirs with Jesus. That means the life that he had is the same life that we have. The same privileges, the same blessings, everything that he had, we have. In my Bible, it says um, in Proverbs 4.20, and and I'm going to read this again. If you'll put that up there from the uh, Message Bible, would you please? Now, this is the scripture that, that really all of us should should heed. Uh, it says that we need to live the word of God because it is life and health. Everybody say life and health. Now, we know that sickness and disease is in the world. But if you are living a new life, sickness and disease has no place in us. And, and if you recognize that we're living this life, this life that God has given us through Christ, then when sickness and disease comes, we're going to be a lot stronger in standing against it than thinking, well, you know, it's the flu. Everybody's got it. The whole school's got the flu. I mean, you know, uh, these things have all broke out, and, of course, you know, but, but of course, we're not included in that. We're not included in that because we have a new life. You know, it's kind of like that won't stick on me. But if we don't have that revelation and we're not walking in it, we let it all come through. You know, that song, All the Doors Are Open, is a great song. I love that song. I have him sing it every time I preach because I believe God's been speaking to me. All the doors are open. But he's also spoken to me. If you open the door to the devil, all the doors are open. It isn't any different. You open, you choose which door you open up. And what you have understanding of is the door that you open up the most often. So the word of God becomes important, and it says in Proverbs chapter 4, this is verse 20 through 22. Dear friends, listen well to my words. Tune your ears to my voice. Keep my message in plain view at all times. Concentrate. Learn it by heart. Those who discover these words live, really live, not just exist, not just be around, body and soul. They're bursting with help. Keep vigilant, watch over your heart. That's where life starts. We're going to talk about that when we finish here tonight. God, uh, I, I, I just thank God for his mercy because in his mercy, he shows us how to live life so that we can live free. Now, we can't live free if we live like the world. I mean, we will never be free if we live like the world. But if we live like God tells us, then he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. But we have to choose to live the new life. You know, it talks in Ephesians about putting off the old man, put on the new man. What that's really saying is put off the old life and get a hold of the new life that you have in Christ and begin to walk in that. And then all those things that we want to see happen in our life, really do come to pass in our life. It says in Hebrews 4 that the word of God is living. Everybody say living. That's why when this scripture in Proverbs 4 says, you need to, you need to concentrate on the word. You need to learn it by heart. You need to know the word of God and keep, it, keep vigilant. Watch over your heart because the life is in the heart of man. And if you hide the word of God in your heart, the Bible says in Psalm 119, you will not sin. Isn't that good news? What does that mean? When that word is in there, it's living. Everybody say living. And it says, it's living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. There is no creature hidden from his sight. Isn't that good to know? How many of you wish some days you <laughs> Excuse me, God. <laughs> I'll be back in a minute. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him of whom we must give an account. You know, I think what we're going to give an account of is what did we do with the life that he gave us? What are we going to say that, you know, once, once we knew Christ, was that life, the, did we live that life to the fullest? You know, he wants us to live in prosperity. And I'm not talking money. I'm talking about Health and wholeness in every arena of our life. Our life should reflect that kind of life. And I love 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Well, what confession? That we have new life. We have new life. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. But he said in John 17, the life that I have comes from the Father. You know, the Father and I are one. The the life that will keep us in a position where we don't yield to sin is the new life, not the old life. How many of you found that out? You know, if you get get mixed up in the old life again, then that old life is going to put you in a position where you will not have what is promised according to the new life. It goes on and says that he does not sympath or he can sympathize he can- we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses that means he can understand but was at all points tempted as we are yet without sin let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain may obtain what mercy and find grace to help in time of need in this new life if we mess up, we have help so real help comes from God real life comes from God. So apart from God, there is nothing that we should be walking in. You know, I've been in church a long time and, and I love all the people of this church, but I know this is true in my own life as well as yours. If we are willing and obedient, pastor Elizabeth said it, we will eat the good of land. There is no way not to eat the good life If we understand that if we're not obedient, we are walking in the old life. And that life has nothing to offer us as a believer because we have stepped out of that life. And the only way it can get us is if we open the door and go back into that life. That life doesn't belong to us. You say, well, you know, I have lack. Well, you know, you can live the new life and figure out how to get out of lack. Because you're in lack doesn't mean you have to go back to the old life. Because in the old life, there ain't anything over there either. If you think that's going to do anything, you can forget that. Amen? The only thing in the old life will be things that maybe will will deaden the pain of the lack. But they will not get you out of lack. The only thing that will get you out of lack is if you get in the new life. Because when you get in the new life and you get the Word of God, which is living and powerful than any two-edged sword, and you speak to your circumstance like Jerry Seville speaks to Diane Sawyer, you will see things begin to change in your life. And I've done enough counseling in church and I'll say to people now, now this is what you need to do. Well, that's that's not going to help by next week. Well, it may not, but you know what? Next week, you'll be stronger because you've been saying it and God will still be with you. But if you don't do this, you are going to be weaker by next week. And you probably will not be walking with God. Not that he left you, but you've left him because you're now in a place where you're talking the old life and not the new. Because in the new life, there is nothing impossible for God. In the old life, nothing is possible. (laughs) End of story. Because God is not involved in it. And when we come to Christ, we have the opportunity to live that new life every day. Now. I felt tonight, and, and I want to share this with you. I believe God just showed me something in my own life in the last few months. Uh, not walking in forgiveness stops new life. And, and I want to emphasize this because um, unforgiveness is so easy to get into. Now, to get real quiet, you all look at me like, well, I never had a problem with that. <laughs> I, I know that's not true. But I think there are many, many believers stuck in their new life because of unforgiveness. That's what I felt like God said to me. And uh, he said to me, and, and I know this is true because I've experienced it. Uh, You'll know you're in unforgiveness if you think about something and it comes in your thoughts all the time. But you say, you don't. You, I forgave them. But if you're still thinking about him, you didn't. That's what God told me. If it still passes through your mind, you did not forgive them. And you say well she can say that she's the pastor. I am human. And 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 it wasn't very long ago that God really began to speak to me about unforgiveness. Do you know there are times in your life where you you have things happen and you just you're able to get past them. But then every now and then there they are. Have you ever noticed that? And it's usually, uh, you know, some little thing will go wrong, and then somehow you end up down this rabbit trail of all the things that that have been done, and 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 that's unforgiveness. Everybody say unforgiveness. Now in Hebrews it says, don't let that root of bitterness get in your heart. Why? Because in your heart is where life functions. New life functions out of the heart. As soon as you get into unforgiveness, you have stopped the effect of the new life. I have people, and as we would counsel people, they come and say, well, I'm tithing, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing this, and then, but what about this? Well, I mean, I just can't forgive them. There is no can't in the new life because I can do. All things through Christ who strengthens me in the new life and uh, I had a situation that I was facing and I'll just share this because it was in the end it, it ended up like okay God have you ever tried to wrestle God down you know like that isn't really right that is not the way it really is or you know I'm asking you God you know and then you know he'll tell you something and it's like yeah well you know, but did you know that, I mean, you know, you'll try to get God down your road. And I want to tell you, God will not go down a road of sin. But that's because he loves you and he loves me. And so he won't go down that road. And so the Lord, I had been saying to the Lord, now, Lord, this is just, I can't get over this. Have you ever had something that you thought, I just can't get over it? Well, then he started reminding me of several years ago when I thought I couldn't get over stuff and what I ended up like. Now that I do remember. I don't remember the pain, thank God he healed me, but I remember the tragedy of that. And I learned back then there is nobody worth, no person worth me being destroyed. No person worth me being destroyed. Because the person that you hold unforgiveness toward is not the person who's hurting. I don't care how much you don't like them. Usually what happens is they flourish. And you, then you just get madder. See, some of you are laughing. I know I'm talking to you. You know about this. And so, and, 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 but, but it doesn't go away. It won't go away. And uh, I, I remember this one night I said to God I was going to bed. And, um, I mean, I'd wake up in the night. It got so bad that I'd wake up in the night and there it would be. And I thought, finally I had this thought, I am going to be in serious trouble if this thing doesn't go away. I mean, I got that revelation, but I didn't know how to make it go away. So I said to the Lord, you've got to show me how to get this off of me. I mean, I want it off of me. I want it off of me. Now, see, when you get really desperate and you realize, you know, I am going to be in a world of hurt if I don't get this off me. Because it, it isn't about anybody. It's about what the devil is trying to do to me, but I can't get it to stop. And the Lord said to me, it's because you didn't take care of it back there when it happened. If you don't take care of it when it happens... It's called the bitter root, the fruit of the bitter root. That sounds like a book, the fruit of a bitter root, and I'm telling you, it is torment. See, and so I—I I mean, I said that, I, and so the next day I was in the park, and I and I was reading, doing my Bible reading, and uh, a a person called me, and they said, "I need you to agree in prayer with me." And uh, I said, "Oh, okay," and they told me what was going on, and they said, "This." This person said to me, he just needs to release it. I'm telling you, if you release it, if you, I must have said that word release six in my car. It was like, release it, release it, release it, release it. I thought, well, dear Jesus, I hear, I hear. And it was like, I'm talking to you, you know, and I wasn't expecting a call from this person. But he said to me, that's what he said, release it. And so I said, this is all I said. This is all I said. This is mercy. God, forgive me. Why did I say, God, forgive me? Because I was sinning. Now, don't all of you fall out of your chairs. (laughs) And those that listen on CD, wherever you are in the world, hallelujah, I don't sin all the time. But I missed it. I, I didn't even know I did it. But it was there. And the devil was saving it for a time where he could get me because he knew I was vulnerable. You know, people will hurt you. How many of you had people hurt you? I mean, people hurt people. I mean, hurting people hurt people, and the world is hurting. Christians hurt. People hurt people. But, and so that pain has to be, really, ask Jesus to heal it. But when we take the offense or we don't let go of that person, then what it becomes is a horrible torment. And it lays down there until the opportune time. Remember when it says Jesus was tempted by the devil? The devil went away to come back at a more opportune time and that's when he shows up at that opportune time now it was critical at this point there were things that i needed from god that that's why this little thing had popped up to keep my focus where i was distracted by something and should have been focused on on something i needed to get from the kingdom of god are you getting this see and this is people not living the new life This is allowing the world, everybody say the world, because offenses are in the old life. They're in the worldly way. We are believers. We hardly notice if somebody offends us. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's a new thought. We hardly notice. That's what it says. A believer hardly notices when somebody does something wrong to him. Hardly notices. Most of us have our tablet out. Write it down. Date it. I got that one. And ask a woman. We can remember way back. We can remember back further than time, hallelujah, <laughs> if necessary. We have to work on that, you know, because we're more emotional. And so offenses attach attached to emotions. They attach to emotions. And so that's why when it happens and you remember it, you hurt just as bad as the day it happened because they're attached to emotions. They're not attached to the spirit. They're attached to emotions. And then right away, you know, you're in the old life. And I said to the Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. It's my fault. I am wrong. I should have taken care of it, and I release it right now in the name of Jesus. And I can. Uh, this is when I learned about mercy. Then he started talking to me about mercy. I mean, it never bothered me again from that moment, never. It was like it was gone. I thought, well, why? why did I even feel that way? Why? Because of mercy. Mercy grabbed hold of me because I was wrong. Now, you may be here tonight, and there's an area in your life. I believe God is here tonight to set people free from unforgiveness now you may say, well you know i I forgave them, but you know I, I I just can't forget well then that's not forgiveness see because God told me if you still think about it, you didn't forgive him because and that's the truth because once that happened in my car that day and I was not expecting that person see God had me pray for well of course I'll pray for somebody. And then all I could hear, it was like a roar in my car. Release it, release it. I mean, then if you just release it, I told them if they just re- if they just release it, I'm telling you they're gonna be in real trouble. And I kept thinking, I get it, I get it. You want them to release it. I can agree with you. Well, but God was trying to tell me, release it. And not till I got it did she stop saying, release it. And then later I told her, I said, Well, thanks for calling and praying for me. And waking me up, she didn't have any clue what I was talking about, but I knew what God was doing. Are you getting this? See, God is a rescuer of his people. God does not want us to live in harm's way. He will try to rescue us. But had I just done that and not done what I heard right then, I would I would be in a world of deeper hurt today than I was back then, because these kind of things don't get better because you go to church. They do not get better because you smile and act like it's not there. They don't get better just because it happened 10 years ago and you're kind of over it. But if I talk to you long enough, here it comes. And then you can see it in the face. And then he, and this is, And I tell you what, I don't, you you can see it in people. Uh, If you counsel people long enough, you will get to their world of hurt. But then if you touch their world of hurt, it's like, I didn't want to talk to you anyway. If they don't want to get fixed. Why? Because they're snared in that old life. But they want all the new life benefits. I want to be well. I want to be whole. I want to be this. I want to be that. Well, have you forgiven it? Well, oh, yeah. But I think about it every now and then. Well, then it's not over. Maybe you half forgot or half forgave or whatever you want to call it. You call it what you want, but you're snared. You are snared. Let's stand. Now, you may be here tonight and wonder why you can't get free from something in your life. It's because the door got opened and what you snared was unforgiveness and now unforgiveness has snared you. I've learned this in spiritual things over the years, in 35 years. What starts out to work for you that's demonic will eventually get you and you will work for it. All the days of your life It won't work for you anymore It'll work for you for a little bit But then you'll work for it And you will be slaves To that ungodly thing Because it will hold you prisoner Let's bow our heads Father I thank you tonight for every person In this room I thank you for the Holy Spirit of God I thank you Holy Spirit In this place You are for us That is a true statement. I know that you are for me and he is for you. But a God who is for you is like a parent who is for you. And when there's something that has a stranglehold on your life, that's pulling you into a place of destruction, that parent is going to intervene and bring the light and bring the truth to rescue you, to rescue you. And you say, but if I forgive them, that'll make it all right. No, it doesn't make it all right what happened, but it's not about making something all right. It's about you being all right. It's about you being in a position where the blessings of God can pour out on your life. It's about you being that person that God called you to be. You you can be 10 years down the road from a situation. A partnership that didn't go right, people who didn't do the right thing, divorce. We see this, and people are snared because of unforgiveness. I couldn't let it go. Let tonight be the night you let it go. Let tonight be the night you let it go. If that's you tonight, you're in this place.